Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Well, I'm just thankful that we're able just to come together and just worship God together. And the last Sunday of 2020, y'all sound just so excited <laughs> uh, and a little tired, yeah. Um, uh, my name is Mike. I'm our family life pastor, and I, Pastor John has given me the privilege uh, of ending uh, this year uh, by sharing and by speaking, and so I'm just very humbled and honored for the opportunity uh, to close out this year, and what a year it's been. Who's, who is done with 2020? You're done. Everybody is done. Well, I figure what would be great is to kick off today is actually just a recap of 2020, uh, even though that we're so done with it. And so as we're recapping some of these things, um, and if you start twitching in your seats because it just brings back just really bad memories for you, I apologize in advance. Um, but I just felt like it would be good just to kind of recap what uh, has happened this year because I know we're so looking forward to getting into 2021. Because I remember this year started off really good. Like, like Pastor Ryan said, we, we started this year with this theme, our, uh, Your Kingdom Come. And, and we prayed for, for God, your will, not our own. And those were very bold and crazy-like prayers that we prayed. And then... Coronavirus and pandemic and mass hysteria and, 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 and our economy crashing and all these things and shutdown. And who, who of you, I, I was one of these people, who, who of you thought it was, you know, all right, this will just be over in a matter of a couple weeks? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that did not happen. You know, and then it's like we had to learn how to social distance and how to work from home. And then we also had a lot of, um, Things exposed in our country with social injustices and, and, and protests, and then a second uh, wave of coronavirus coming, and then we had the drama of the presidential election, and we saw people lose their jobs. We, we lost some loved ones over this past year. Uh, you know, our, our, our students have had to learn how to do school online and uh, what the social distancing era looks like, and it's been really hard, and that somewhere in between there, we had uh, mur murder hornets as well. <laughs> this year has been crazy. Like, who would ever thought we had to deal with murder hornets? Like, seriously, who, thought, who would think of these things? This year has been no nothing that we've ever expected, and I know we're very eager for this year to be over. I'm looking forward to what 2021 has to offer. But at the same time, you know, I'm the type of person to think, what's going to happen if 2021 is not better? What's going to happen if we're going to continue to experience these unplanned circumstances, these things that are go beyond our control? You know, and, and I'm the type of also person that's like, I don't want to accept that this is also our new normal. Have you, have you ever had to kind of just realize that things that are beyond our control, like, like they just, like you had plans and you had to cancel them or you had to delay them and then it's just like, well, now it's never going to happen. Like some of us, I know, we're still tracking uh, things that we've ordered online. And every hour you're checking 
<laughs> the history of the transaction. Can I just tell you, it's in the Lord's hands. It'll get here when it gets, when it gets here. You know, it's just like, that's just how this year has been. And I think it's very easy to kind of look past this year and think how cruddy it's been and hoping that 2021 is better. I, I, I just feel like, if, if anything, this year has been a reminder of the resiliency of humanity. You know, I, I keep looking back since the beginning of the garden and how much humanity has faced and has shown one unique thing is humanity can survive. And I think that's what we've done. I think we've survived 2020. Give yourself a pat on the back, you know. But here's the thing. Going into 2021, I don't just want to survive. I, I don't think God has created us just to survive in life. He's created us to thrive. And we can look into this upcoming year and continue to have hope that we'll get through. We can continue to hold on to this hope that we'll get by. But I think if we can really thrive, if we want to thrive this year, in this upcoming year, that means continue to put our hope, not in just the hope of surviving, but in the hope of our Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that even though 2020 was not a year that I expected or not a year that I planned for, that God still moved. I can look back at this year and it's like, man, there's been a lot of rough things that we've had to walk through, a lot of, a lot of things that I've had to walk through as an individual. But you know what? God still showed up and God still moved and God still worked his will and his way. And I think that, church, I don't want us to just be our way to turn our back on 2020 without recognizing what God has done. Remember, we prayed that prayer in the beginning of this year. And it may not have looked the way that we wanted it to. But isn't that, isn't that what that prayer is all about? God, your will? Not God, your will be done through, through the way that I want it to be. <laughs> but God, it's your will be done. And I really believe that if anything, God was really able to expose a lot of things in my, in my own life. I can't speak for you and your family, but I believe God has used this year to kind of ex bring things up to the surface. I think God's brought a lot of things up to the surface in, in our culture, in our community, and in our world. That's saying, you know what? These are things that might have been coming before me. These may be things that we've been putting as a priority over myself. Where that spot is for me and me alone. That spot is for God and God alone. And so if anything, now that things have come up to the surface, now it's, are we going to sweep it back under the rug? Or are we going to address it? Are we going to properly process it and walk through that? Because here's the thing, if we don't, if we don't address those things, then who's to say that 2021 is going to be that much better than 2020? I want us to be able to see that no matter how hard this year has been, and yes, we, have, can, we can have hope that we've survived, but I want us to be able to say, you know what, our future is bright. We can be joyful. 
moving ahead. We don't have to be afraid what, what's to come. We can be able to state that, you know what? I know my God is with me. I know my God is good. And that no matter what circumstance and no matter what situation that is ahead of me, my eyes and heart and soul are fixed on him. So 2021, bring it, right? So here's how I just want to challenge us today. I believe that there is this narrow path for us to be able to walk through, to experience this peace and this hope. And so in the midst of everything that you have gone through and that you will continue to go through, I want you to understand you're going to be able to experience the peace of God today through the hope in him. Our future is bright because our hope is in Jesus. Our hope isn't in a pastor. Our hope isn't in a building. Our hope isn't in uh, uh, an, an athlete or a, and a celebrity. Our, our hope is in Jesus Christ. And that's my prayer. So with eyes ahead, I want us to be able to say today, it's because of Jesus. You can have hope for your future, which gives you joy for today. It's because of Jesus. You and I, we can have hope for the future, which will bring us joy for today. I, 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 want, I want us to read through a passage today. It's found in 1 Peter. And, and, and before we start reading through 1 Peter, you know, I want us to remember who wrote this passage. Peter, he, he was a friend of Jesus. He was one of the 12 disciples. And if we could better understand the type of person that Peter is, I think... Um, I would describe him as somebody that would have an ESFP, a Myers-Briggs personality. If you're not familiar with the Myers-Briggs personality test, I would suggest that you Google it. You'll discover a lot about yourself. Um, you know, it's, it's way better than those Facebook personality tests that everybody takes and shares and has you want to take it too. Now, this one will actually explain a little bit more about you and not just what office character that you relate to. Um, if to, to better understand ESFP, uh, it, it's explained as um, extroverted, sensing, feeling, perceiving. So as somebody that will be described as an ESFP personality, they will be someone who's bold, someone who's practical, someone who's talkative, spontaneous, likes to draw out the good in other people. They're energetic, they're supportive, but they can also be a little sensitive they can be a little unfocused. They can look to avoid conflict. Describing a little bit about Peter. We know of this monumental moment for Peter was the moment when he ran and he denied Jesus three times. And in that moment, he becomes this broken man. He lost hope in Jesus. And he also lost hope in himself. But then you fast forward 30-some years, and he writes this this passage that we're about to read, it's found in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Who by 
God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So here's the same Peter that denied Jesus. The same Peter that lost hope. But then 30 years later, something changes. He's different. He's become this, this key leader in the church. And not only that, but he was, he's been filled with hope, even now facing adversity. As Peter wrote these words, he and the other followers of Jesus, they were on the edges of society. They lacked social power. They were being falsely accused, ridiculed, threatened by unbelieving spouses, even being rejected. And on the horizon loomed the possibility of more violent persecution, imprisonment, even being martyred. P Peter himself, he would be crucified upside down. Yet he maintained hope. In the living hope of Jesus Christ. That's why he writes in, in, in 1 Peter, in, in, in verse 3, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. We've been born again to a living hope. It, here's, I want you to understand this, this living hope, it's living. It has life of its own. It's growing and increasing in strength. It's pulsing with life. And then it's hope. This isn't the kind of hope that's just wishful thinking. Me having wishful thinking is the Washington football team is making it to the Super Bowl. Thank you. There's still hope. We have more hope than the Cowboys. <laughs> Sorry for the dig, guys. You know, wishful thinking is waking up in the morning and praying to Jesus that my car is going to get me to work without it dying. That's wishful thinking. Living hope is not wishful thinking. Peter, he's talking about something in the future that is guaranteed to happen based on something that's already happened, and that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So your future, it's bright because your future is as sure as the resurrection. That's what gave Peter hope. Peter was about as, as, as hopeless as anyone that you've ever seen. Because he watched his entire faith system collapse. And he lost that complete confidence in himself because he failed. How many of us in this room, we lost faith in ourselves or in somebody else because of a failed a mistake, a fault? Anybody that deals with insecurity? Those are things that constantly keep running back in our minds. How many times you said something, you was like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have said that. 
How many times it's like we did something, it's like, oh my goodness. Like immediately you knew it was wrong. And then you constantly keep that weight and that burden on you. And it replays over and over and over and over again. Peter, he lost that complete confidence in himself because he felt like he failed. But then he encountered the risen Jesus Christ. And it changed everything. Even though that we have fallen short and we've made mistakes and we might have reacted or have done things because of the circumstances that have happened this past year, things that we wish that we could have done differently, but we can't take it back. You know what? God still died for you. Jesus still defeated death for you. Jesus still calls you and I children of God. He still called us to go and make disciples. This is why our future is bright. Because yes, we're going to fail. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. And that's not to encourage us to continue to live like that but it's to give us hope that, you know what? We have a very loving and gracious God that still calls us to a plan and a purpose. That's a bright future to be keeping our eyes on. Our future is bright because of the living hope that we have in Jesus, which gives us joy for today. In verse 4, it says, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. See, our future is bright because Jesus has shown us that his proven record of keeping his promises. He told us he would rise again, and he did. He told us that he's giving us an inheritance, and he will. You know, in, he, in Hebrews in 6, uh, 18 and 19, it says, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. See, God has made countless promises in Scripture, and they are sealed by this passage. God cannot lie. So if God has promised us something, know in full hope and full faith, he's going to live up to his word. We can put our hope in a faithful and trustful God because it truly is an anchor that cannot be moved. Do you know that the, the largest anchor ever created weighed over 75 tons? That's like 150,000 pounds. Do you know on Christmas, I couldn't move my fat butt off the couch? because I was too stuffed. <laughs> Such an immovable object. This is what hope looks like in Jesus. Steadfast, immovable, bigger than what we could ever imagine. This is the beauty of placing our hope, living hope in God and his immovable promise for you and I. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work protecting you. You're being guarded. And this hope is, just isn't for the future. This hope is for now. 
That means whatever you're enduring right now, whatever you're going through, you can endure it. And you're not just going to make it by by like literally crawling through. I know there's been times it felt like we're literally just crawling just to get through. But we're going to be able to endure and we're going to be able to persevere and we're going to be able to thrive because of who our God is. So whatever is on the horizon, God will still be with us. Because of Jesus, we can have a living hope for our future, which gives us joy for today. And many times we will look to find Jesus outside of our pain. Because we feel like God isn't here in this moment. But the truth is, he's always been present with us. In the good, in the bad, in the times we feel most alone, God is present in our pain. And so many times we pray, God, help us get out of this when God wants us wants to take us through it. It said in 1 Peter 1, 6, 7, this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's been tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We face trials this year, church. Some of us, we're still grieving. We're still processing. We're still having to walk through. Sometimes we don't want to walk through because the pain is just too much to bear. But the path to peace and the freedom It's not going to be around. It's going to be through. So I want to encourage us with this today to have this living hope for the future because the future is so bright. Now we can have that joy in this moment. It's going to start with the choices and how we live, the choices that we make daily. We hear the saying, you know, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? So many times it's like, we can say these things. We can speak these things. But is it always lining up with how we're truly walking and living it? There's going to be these things that are going to stop us from seeing how our future is bright. I think the two biggest Factors that we're going to experience is fear and comfort. I think fear, you know, let's be honest, a lot of us, we're we're very fearful in this year. Fearful for our lives, for, for our loved ones, fearful on how things were going to continue to go forth. And and fear just has a way of just stopping us in our tracks. Make it just freeze. Look at what fear did with Peter. And 
I think we have become, the, the body of Christ, I believe that we've become more, a people who have put more authority in what the media has had to say than what our Messiah has said. And if I'm stepping on somebody's toes today, listen, I speak this out of love. But I want to be bold to say it's, are we putting more authority in who our Savior is? Or are we putting more authority in what we're hearing around us? And the thing about fear is fear I think fear ultimately turns into comfort. Have you heard the saying, comfort is a drug? I, I, I firmly believe in that statement. Comfort can become addicting. And it's the enemy of progress. And I think comfort, it's going to lead us for settling for something that is less than God's promises. And if we settle for living a comfortable Christian life, and why would we ever need to experience the comforter? God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations and circumstances where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. Those like Peter who are martyred for their faith, suffering, it was worth it. And if we truly allow ourselves to live freely for him and not fearful or what will happen or what, what won't happen, then I believe we too will be able to see God's beautiful glory. So I want to challenge us today. Am I living today in the living hope that is Jesus? I believe our future will be bright. My future is going to be bright because he's my living hope. And that gives me joy and strength for today. So what about you? Church, are you living today in the living hope that is Jesus? Listen, my, my heart for today was just to stir a conversation. Maybe it's a conversation with spouse or family, or maybe, more importantly, it's this conversation with you and God. I think as, as Christians, we can say a lot of times, you know what, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I know God has a plan for me. He gives me hope in a future. But so many times we live and plan like we don't believe that God even exists. And we try to set out our lives, say, you know what, everything's going to be fine just in case God doesn't show up. But I don't believe that's true faith. I think true faith is holding nothing back. I think it means putting every hope in God's faithfulness to his promises. I believe that's made me leaving some things behind in 2020. When this year ends, it means that, you know what? The things that aren't of God, I'm leaving back in the past. The things that God has, has brought up and have exposed, you know, maybe there are things that aren't of him, 
that aren't a reflection of, of who he is, maybe it's time that we got to start leaving behind. Because there's no way that we can draw closer to God when there's things that aren't of him that are standing in our way. And so many times I have to be able to look in the mirror and say, what are the things that aren't of you, God? And it's hard to, to be, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else struggles with that. I have a hard time being honest with myself and having those conversations. Because that weight of the insecurities and the weights of my past mistakes, it weighs a lot. And it makes me not want to deal with it. But can I tell you, that is just so emotionally unhealthy and spiritually unhealthy that it's not until those things are left at the altar or left at the foot of the cross and I turn my back and walk away and begin to fix my eyes on who God is that I can truly experience that freedom, that I can truly experience that victory and fully cling to that living hope. I pray that we can have a thriving year. For my sake, for your sake, for your family's sake, for your spouse's sake, for the body of Christ, and also for those they've yet to come and encounter experience him. Our future's gonna be bright, church. Not because of what we do, but what God has already promised and who we're putting our hope in. And so, Heavenly Father, I just thank you again for who you are. God, I thank you that it's because of your son, Jesus, we can have living hope. For a bright future that will give us joy for today. And God, I pray for the things that are not of you it gets left in this past year. And that our eyes are open to see your promises. Our eyes are open to see you around us and how you are working. Not just for the future, but how you are working now. And we cling to this living hope that is in you. We love you, God, and we thank you. We pray all this in your great and mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.